Hello, welcome to the Plus Up podcast brought to you by Media Plus Advisors. I'm Carly Feinstein, one of the partners of Media Plus Advisors, and I'm here with my partners, Susan George and Perry Ann Grignon. Say hello to our listeners, ladies. Hi, everybody. Perry Ann is going to introduce you to our guest today. Thanks so much, Carly. I'm Perry Ann Grignon. And, you know, part of our core mission at Media Plus Advisors is to elevate the entire media ecosystem, which of course includes industry organizations who play a really important role. And with that, we want to welcome Lynn Brannigan, who is the president and CEO of She Runs It. She Runs It is a nonprofit that paves the way for more women to lead at every level of marketing, media, and tech. Lynn, you wanna say hello and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Well, you did a great job, Perianne, in introducing the organization and our mission. I am the president and CEO of She Runs It. I've been with the organization for just over eight years now, and I am uh, really honored to represent uh, the, the community of members in marketing, media, and tech as we want to support women of all ethnicities at each stage of their career and help them lead. That's great. You know, I'm a member of She Runs It, as I know Carly is as well. And, um, you know, we know that some of the tenets of She Runs It, it's networking, mentorship, and professional development. Can you talk a little bit about these things? Um, I know they're passion points for you personally, as well as the organization. Sure. Well, you know, when if you talk to leaders in our industry, and I have the privilege of doing that all the time, you find out things about them that I think are teaching moments to others in our industry. So one, last week we had an event called Mentoring All-Stars, and we had people on the call like Wenda Harris-Millard and Jackie Kelly of Densu and Jill Kelly of Group M and Renetta McCann of Publicist Group. And when you talk to leaders like that, one thing you find in terms of how they've navigated their career is they've created a network around them. And this is either their posse or those people that they can reach out to uh, for advice, for friendship, for mentoring. And I also find that leaders are joiners. You know, they join organizations like ours. And they say yes often. And I find that really inspiring. So if you think about the things that we do, we try to surround our community with services that they need that include mentoring, networking, leadership development, staying current in our industry. Susan was on a programming committee call this morning where we were talking about our next event in in thought leadership called What's Hot in Media. And we sort of crowdsource best practices and what is hot and who are the great people to talk about it, to give people an opportunity to just stay current in the industry. And so those are the things we try to surround our members with because we've learned that programs like mentoring, sponsorship, leadership development are really key to help people as they try to rise up. Well, I want to probe a little bit around the business side. So when you're helping organizations by really helping their people, by helping them network and make connections. Um, And, you know, we think that, you know, members, especially the younger generation, you know, really want that. They want to be able to understand how to balance their time while they're growing. And I think it's great that people like Renetta and Jackie and Wenda were able to like, you know, lend, you know, their experience to, to that. But 
we believe that everything has an ROI, right? At the end of the day, when you're going and asking for corporate sponsorship, they're going to say, well, you know, it sounds like a really good idea, but is the investment going to pay off? When If someone asks you that or goes down that kind of like the business side of that, um, what do you tell them? How, how do you respond to the ROI question? It's a great question, Karianne. So first of all, when she runs it, was formed in 1912. It was an individual membership organization. And the organization really didn't tap the funding of corporations except for sponsorships to their live events. And we changed that model about five years ago because we realized that what we're doing, the services we're providing, really can be an employee benefit to all of their employees. So when we talk to corporate partners about how they're interested in engaging with us, first we listen to how they engage with companies like us and what do they want out of it? And it tends to be things like, I want to align my brand with a topic that's important, like a thought leadership event. I want to provide this as an employee benefit to all of my employees. I'm good at getting women in the company, but I'm not good at getting women up. And we know that that's important for business and I'm good at getting white women up, but I'm not good on the inclusion, diversity, and equity equation, and maybe you can help us there. So those are the things that we look at. And you know, if I look back at 2020, the thing that is most remarkable to me, and I say it with pride now, I would have spoken about it with fear in like March of 2020, but we had an organization where 50% of our business model was live events. We haven't had a live event since February 27th, 2020. And thank goodness it was live. It was our Working Mothers of the Year Award, which is our largest event. And we weren't quite sure what was going to happen to our business. I was saying to the board, we might have till October. I really wasn't sure. And what we did was we suspended that fear and we decided that our mission was going to be to help companies stay strong, current, connected, and included. So that was our mantra. Put on programming. Don't charge for it. Try Teams. Try Zoom. Do whatever you can to keep this community together. We didn't even charge people for the programming for the first three months because we just wanted to be there as a community. And from a business perspective, because you were asking the ROI question, we weren't focused on the money then. We were focused on doing the right thing. But what happened as a result of that was pretty remarkable. Our membership has grown 28% this year. Our corporate alliance partner renewal rate of 30 companies, the renewal rate was 100%. We've grown our corporate alliance partners by 56%. Who would have ever thought that that was possible? And it turned out that we all had to adapt to the virtual world. So the ROI now was, can you help me help my employees? Can you give me a platform to speak, to keep my brand strong? And I would say our business has changed forever. I'm amazed by so much of what you just said. Um, you know, the fact that the board, you had their support, the fact that you were, you and your teams were able to pivot so easily. But I have to tell you what really jumped out the most out of what you just said was the 100 years. 
<laughs> that yeah. it's been, you know, the fact that she runs it was originally and still designed to encourage and promote women's role in the advertising industry is just amazing. And we know times have obviously changed since 1912, and 2020 put even more pressure on women. In some cases, some of our some of us are school teachers now at home with our kids, which is adding to our already very long to do list. So talking about that, what's your perspective on the kinds of roles women are now looking for during today's changing times? Great question. I think that women want the same roles. They just want a way to achieve them with with more success. I think that if we're looking at 2020, I think companies understand that we put a lot of pressure on families. And we as women accepted those pressures for so many years. We didn't want to talk about the family at home. We did the early morning meetings. We did the late night meetings. We did the traveling. We did it all. But we suffered as a result. But now you can't hide that because the, the pressures have accelerated, especially I don't have young children at home, but for those that do, I've met a lot of their kids. And I think we've taken it out of the closet for the first time. And I really hope the companies really lean in to understanding the pressures they put on families, allowing flex hours, allowing flex meetings, allowing employees to define where workplace is, you know, not just at work, but at home. One of the things we try to focus on, though, is to help companies understand the potential of their leaders. So Perry Ann talked about how, you know, companies look for an ROI. And I know you know that study after study shows the return on investment companies get when they put women in leadership roles. But the roles that women choose are important. So, for example, there's a correlation between a woman being in a role with a P&L responsibility and promotion. And so we try to help companies understand that give her the ball, let her go for it, because that's good for business. But if we're going to tie that to, but she's got to be on the road 60% of the year and she's got to be in that early morning and late night meeting, they're sabotaging their own success. So I'm hoping 2020 lets women tap into their passions, do what they're good at, because we are great in client facing roles. We're empathetic, we're creative, we've got the skills. Companies need to empower that to be possible by not, you know, creating the environment that was okay for our fathers <laughs> and not for us. You know, Melinda Gates says that. She said, we've created a culture that worked for our fathers, but not mm -hmm. for today. And right. maybe 2020 will shine a spotlight on that and let us never go back. You know, it's interesting. You just, that just made me think of the fact that it's also, I think, this change and this new work environment is a great, we're, we're becoming better role models for our kids. I, like, I can't even tell you, five minutes ago, my kids knew that we needed to close the door because we were, don't be too noisy upstairs. Mommy's recording a podcast. You know, that, that it, it seems like a little bit of an annoyance and change to them, but I think that that is going to be really, really, you know, guiding them towards what what they what they need to be and what they need to do. I think it's going to be a great learning experience for them. 
I also think they they get to share in what your work day's like mm-hmm. and enjoy that experience. I was making dinner the, last night <laughs> and I'm in the kitchen talking to two of my staff men, members on a FaceTime call. And I got off the phone and my husband said to me, you guys have a lot of fun together, you know? And if your kids are watching that and watching you have energy and get a real jolt out of what you do during the day, you know, they realize what they could do when they're older. You know, that's absolutely a a turning point for, you know, having built something for our father's generation. I mean, we're listening to mommy record a podcast and things like that. So, I mean, that's all great. Um, You know, but you had told us, Lynn, a personal story about when you were interviewing for a job um, and instead of checking your references, they had done some of their own digging. And when I thought about that, that actually had happened to me um, at a job that I got about 15 years ago. So um, I think that the re- the listeners would love to hear that story because I think it helps drive home, you know, just how important your reputation and your network really is. So could you share that with our listeners? Sure. I oftentimes talk about the difference between mentors and sponsors. So mentors is someone you can reach out to and get advice and seek counsel. And they could be a friend or they could be somebody you admire in the industry. But a sponsor is someone who is is talking about your qualities when you're not in the room having your back, pushing you forward. And I love to tell this story of, uh, I was at a makers conference and Carla Harris, who's the vice chairman at Morgan Stanley, said that so much of what happens in your career happens when you're not in the room. So the story was that I was interviewing for my current job. So in 2012, and It was a six-month interview process. I had to create business plans for them. I had to create new businesses for them. I really felt I was the right person for the job. I'm not sure they were convinced (laughs) early on, but I was totally convinced. I think I've convinced them now. But at that time, they were checking out my references. And fast forward, I get the job. Two years later, I'm in a meeting with a board member, and she said they weren't sure about you. And so we called all of our friends that that thought who would give us some insight into who you were. And this one woman just said, she's a rock star. She's amazing. And she said, so it was, I'll pretend Mary Smith was the person that gave me this incredible reference. And I, I said, that's remarkable. I've never met Mary Smith. And so that is proof that so much of what happens in your career happens when you're not in the room. I've got to thank her, though. I was talking to you guys about this story before, and she doesn't know. (laughs) But I think it's a remarkable thing. So my reputation got me the job, not me. My reputation got me the job. I had another incident. I just was just thinking about that today because I was telling this story to somebody. I did the same thing. I had someone check references for, you know, because, you know, if you're going to have your best friends and you're, you know, the boss who loves you give you a reference, that's not all that helpful. So some of my board members helped me vet this person we were bringing on for a role. And this woman's boss said, I didn't like her, but our business wouldn't have succeeded without her. And I thought, wow, what a what a statement. Well, that person's been with me for quite some time now, and our business wouldn't be where is without her either. So take that, understand that you're leading by your your reputation, by your actions, by your sincerity, by your transparency. No, those are just what an important lesson I learned. And I have more stories like that, but those are two good ones, I think. 
Well, I have a fun question I'm going to ask you, but first I have to tell you, I think you've done a great job really talking about the organization, its mission, and what it can do for people. I, ha- I know you said before that Susan and Carly were members. Um, I'm going to come clean. I'm a lapsed ONI member. Um, so, uh, and a, and a, and a, I'm you, Perry Ann. I, that's okay. I got to join and a, um, uh, a trailblazing mother of the year. I, I should call it my, uh, my children and, and remind them of that sometime. But, um, here's my fun question. Are you ready? ready. So post COVID. Okay. COVID is a way distant, distant memory. And you're able to get, uh, a dinner reservation, uh, table for four at your fa- a new restaurant you want to go in your favorite city, your choice. So you get to decide who is, is having dinner with you, dead or alive. Who are the three other people that you invite to this dinner? I love this question. And you know, you can approach it from so many different angles, but at the end of the day, my heart led the answer to this question. And the answer is my maternal grandparents who have passed away and my mother, and the reason who is still with us. And the reason is uh, my grandparents had an enormous role in my life. They were incredibly wonderful people. My grandfather was an incredibly accomplished man, but extremely shy. My grandmother was a great listener who was a great to tell her the things my mother just didn't understand, but she would, and she was a great card player too. My mother is a remarkable human being, so kind, treats all of her children like they were we're her only children and she's, we're, I'm one of seven. Um, but I lost my father when I was young and my grandparents had 13 grandchildren and my grandparents paid for all of our college educations. And I would want my grandparents to know what that meant to me and how appreciative I am of that opportunity they gave me. And I would wanna see the sparkle in my mother's eye seeing her parents one more time. Oh my goodness. I'm like, as we say, verklempt. Like that was <laughs> I, not what I expected. I knew you'd play along, but I really didn't expect it to go there. And that is just so lovely and beautiful. And, and thank you for sharing that with us and our listeners, because that was just lovely. So I can't believe that it, we're we're at the end here, but before we conclude, is there anything you'd like to share with our listeners that wasn't covered? I would just say that looking back on 2020, I'm really amazed at how our organization has evolved to support our community. And it will never be the same. It will never be the same. We always wanted to go from from live events to virtual. We didn't know it would happen in two weeks. We always wanted to be a national organization. We didn't know it would happen in two months. We're merging with another organization, so we're going international. I never expected something that would hold us back would propel us so far forward. And I think what that means is if you can create a community that helps you stay strong, current, and connected and included, almost anything's possible. You know, one of the mantras, one of my board members Uh, Her name is Kathy Davis, and she's the CMO of Feeding America. I told them that we're just going to start by getting started. And she said, yeah, Lynn, perfection is so 2019. (laughs) And I love that line because that gives you the freedom to, like, screw up and not care, to have a conversation with you guys and be comfortable with it because 
How could you not be comfortable with teams at this point in your life? Right. Right. So I think it's given us, while it's been challenging, obviously, and I can't wait for everyone to be vaccinated and to be able to have a social life again. I think that if I were to advise a young woman in our industry how to stay strong in our industry, how to be a leader in our industry, join an organization that means something to you. Doesn't have to be she runs it. Join something that sparks joy and passion for you and raise your hand because it's the joiners. You look at a Jackie Kelly, she's on our foundation board, but she's on the Ad Council Foundation board. She's been on the AAF board. They don't join one thing, they say yes. So what I would ask women in our industry to do is say yes, and anything's possible. I love that so much. Um, you know, Lynn, congratulations on having such great success it, after 2020. I know it's been a year of such change for so many different organizations. So, you know, I you, it sounds like you guys really were able to uh, get it together and figure out how to how to pivot very quickly. So congratulations on that. And thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, if anyone wants to learn more about She Runs It, you can visit she runs it.org. And um, to our listeners, thank you very much.